At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to the From the Shadows podcast. I am your host Shane Grove, flying solo again tonight. Jason could not uh, could not be with me. Um, before we get started with the uh, with the episode, um, I just want to remind everybody that if you do have a experience you'd like to share with us, uh, you can get a hold of us on our Facebook pages, the From the Shadows podcast. Uh, page or our forum page after the shadows on Facebook. You can find me at Shane Grove author on Instagram or our from the shadows podcast Instagram page or go to the website and just hit the contact button. Um, I get I get the emails off of there, which is uh, I, be- I believe how I got our tonight's guest. So before we bring him on, though, I do want to mention a a really cool book that I was uh, sent by probably one of our few two-time guests, Mark Muncy from Florida, um, who's just awesome. If you guys are big fans of the show, you'll remember uh, the couple episodes he's done. He's just Mr. Folklore, Mr. Ghost Stories. He's awesome. And him and uh, Carrie Schultz wrote this book and sent it to me called Eerie Appalachia. Um, actually, it's let's see, Erie Appalachia, the S- Smiling Man, Indrid Cold, the Jersey Devil, the Legend of Mothman, and more. So, I mean, I read it from cover to cover, which I know is probably a surprise to everybody that I can read, but I did. I read it from cover to cover, and it was a it was a really um, easy read as far as. The stories were very compelling. Uh, it's a lot of folklore from the Ohio, West Virginia, uh, Kentucky, Pennsylvania kind of area there. Uh, a lot of cool stuff. And there's some really cool, I mean, I know Mark did, Mark and Carrie did a lot of research on this. And 
there is a super cool tie-in between a UFO sighting in Florida, crash in West, West Virginia, and Indrid Cold, who you got, who paranormal uh, fans may know is is a central figure in the Mothman. Uh, that you know the Mothman hysteria or whatever you want to call it that took place, but Indrid Cold is uh, is kind of a central figure in that. So. You know, Mark did a lot of great research. Carrie did a lot of great illustrations. So I would uh, I would urge you guys to go out if you want want something cool to read or it's a cool gift for somebody that you know that's a that's into the paranormal to uh, get Erie Appalachia. I think you can get it at Amazon or um, probably I think Mark has a website. Just search Mark Muncy and you can probably buy it directly off the website. So so there's my there's my plug for Mark. So hopefully he'll send me the next book does and he doesn't wait around so many years to get it done because he's a great author so with that with that shameless plug for mark uh, i'm going to bring in our guest who like i said sent me an email about some stuff uh, here in the uh, buckeye state in ohio uh eric welcome to the from the shadows podcast well thanks for having me shane it's a an honor to be on here well, we'll probably have to edit that part out where it says an honor because because now because then people are going to think I'm plug, going to plug something to you. No, I, no, just... I don't have anything out there. No, nothing like that at all. <laughs> well, Eric, I want okay. So before we before we get into some of the paranormal stuff that you uh, kind of alluded to me that you wanted to share, let's talk about what happened a couple weeks ago in 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 Ohio here um, and just. You know, tell what happened, and we'll let everybody kind of make their own assumptions of what of what it might be. But you know, I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah, it it, it is really interesting. Um, and I've heard, and I, this is not the first year something like this has happened. It happened uh, last year as well. But I work at, at a Boy Scout camp uh, outside Conesville, Ohio, which is really close to Coshocton, Ohio. Which, if you're familiar with that area, it's a basically a hop, skip, and a jump from Shawnee. Uh, you know, and uh, that area, if you will. Um, but uh, basically, in Salt Fork, actually, it's closer. But uh, a couple of weeks ago, our, our camp, every year, we do a different theme, if you will. So, like, this year's theme was Halloween. So, you know, so we did some things throughout the week. And on Thursday night, we did, like, it's basically like a trick-or-treat kind of thing where the scouts would go around to different campsites and dressed up and get candy and stuff like that. Well, one of the guys I work with, who is also on staff with me, decided to, that, you know, he was in the military. He had a, a ghillie suit and he walked around in his ghillie suit for probably an hour or two, uh, just being goofy and doing, you know, just thinking the scouts, he, he was a Bigfoot, I guess. I don't know. Cause you know, a big guy in a ghillie suit, you know, what's the first thing's going to pop into your head. Well, so, but anyway, um, later that night, we had what was called an outpost uh, for the for the scouts who are looking to earn what's called Wilderness Survival Merit Badge, where they do basically camping without tents and stuff like that. And in the area where these scouts were, I, and I'm not for sure on how many trees there were, but I heard in the neighborhood of at least three to five trees came down around these scouts and then another one or two fell in a different part of camp 
And Shane, the night was beautiful. I mean, when I heard it the next day, I went, what? I mean, because it was a beautiful moonlit night, still as can be, no wind whatsoever. And with anywhere from three to seven trees coming down in one night at a camp with nothing of that going on, you know, take it for what it's worth. I mean, it's kind of weird, you know, and I guess it happened a couple of times last year where a tree, a couple of trees just came down and I've got over 30 years of a camping experience. I've never heard a tree come down ever. So, I mean, take it for what it's worth, I guess. Beavers. You got you guys got beavers. We do have beavers, but <laughs> five five to seven trees in one night. Well, they is, they do call them busy beavers. I um, guess something. No, I think I I under I know what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Is um, for somebody that's out there in the woods and and teaching survival skills and stuff. I mean, you know, that's odd. Just have that yeah many trees just fall over. And I've and Especially I've been out. There's no wind going. On. Yeah, and I've been out you know, camping before in different areas of the state. And I've heard like coyotes and then all of a sudden you hear something way off in the distance, but you're like, it, you know, you, you can't equate it to anything because, you know, you, and that was a th thing last year. I knew because where I was going was, was kind of a Coshocton County. I know there's been some things on TV and stuff about Sasquatch and everything. I had to stop listening to you and Wes because it was freaking me out. Like everywhere I went, I was thinking it was Sasquatch. I'm like, oh my God, you know, so I had to stop listening for that summer just so I could get through the summer without, you know, having a heart attack. So. Um, well, <laughs> I, I apologize. No, you're fine. And on, on behalf of Wes, I apologize. To no, it's he fine. might even hear this and feel sorry, but not for very long. No, I understand. But he'll feel sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I could, yeah. listen, I could understand. Um, yeah. And, that you, you know, you listen to, to eyewitnesses come on and you hear about their experiences and then everything is like, what's that? What was that? Yeah. What was that? Yeah. But and that can be that, the same way in the paranormal field too, you know, and we can talk, we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but yeah, it's any, it, you just, your senses are on, you know, are on such a heightened level. You're, you don't know what's going on and you think, you know, everything you see or hear is paranormal. So well, well, I'm curious. So, what did the, did the kids think anything of it? No, or? not no, not per se. Um, I <laughs> mentioned it. I'm like uh, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, and then I just kind of got some raised eyebrows, and I'm like, "Look, dude, they've been known to push trees down, and I mean, and you may not even know that they're right in front of you." So, I mean. It, I'm not saying it was, but I'm not saying it wasn't either. So take it for what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a, uh, um, you know, from listening to eyewitnesses, that's kind of a, uh, an, uh, like an activity that they do to kind of show that they're in the area and like, hey, well, and it, 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 what, it was an odd, it was an odd enough experience with all those trees coming down. If I'm not mistaken, they did pull those scouts out and bring them back into camp, main camp. So, I mean, it was, it was enough of a point to bring them back in. So, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, so it was a significant amount. So like I said, yeah. it wasn't a storm either. I just don't get it. Yeah. And that, you know, that area down there is, is well known for, mm -hmm. uh, 
for activity for sure. Right. Even even like we were talking before we came on air, there's some lady from that area just recorded um, what sounds like uh, a couple Bigfoots howling at each other. So from this last weekend, so I don't know. That's a that's a very squash <laughs> squash. <area. laughs> Thus, why they hold the Bigfoot conference at Salt Fork. Yes, that's exactly. I've never been, but I I'd like to go someday, maybe. So, so, so we'll we'll get off the Bigfoot topic sure. because I am interested in some of your paranormal background, um, especially because it seems like you've probably been at that for a long time. So yeah, so go ahead, go ahead, and let's sure share share a couple. Well. Uh, I'll get into it, get to, into my history a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm in my mid forties, late forties now. And, you know, I grew up with haunted Ohio, those books from the nineties. Oh, yeah. uh, and I grew up with, you know, a couple of monster books and actually, you know, I, in my email to you about the recent show, I, you know, I remember some reading some of those stories and it freaked me out primarily like Mothman, you know, I'm, a fifth grader when I read a book about monsters and I'm scared to death. So I never sleep with my windows open anymore, you know, for that, you know, from probably the fifth through seventh grade, I didn't sleep with my windows open because I thought a Mothman was going to fly in. <laughs> but um, needless to say, I read the haunted Ohio books and I heard, you know, a couple ghost stories from my family um, and one of the most weird ones. And I don't, and I don't ever suggest using a Ouija board uh, ever um, with a group or without, because they're, they're nothing but bad news from everything I've heard and heard experience of. But my mother, um, when she was a young child, she's now about 70. Uh, she was probably in her early teens. Um, she was using a Ouija board by herself, reportedly. And she asked the normal questions that you know, girls would ask, am I going to get married and blah, 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 and those kind of things. Well, she asked who she was going to marry. And the pointer allegedly pointed to the initials T-A-B. And my mom didn't know anybody with those initials. And lo and behold, five to seven years later, she, she, she married my father, Terry Allen Brown. So, I mean, so that kind of, you know, sparked my interest in it. And then, you know, fast forward to the early 2000s, a little known show that nobody has ever heard of uh, took the air. And that was called Ghost Hunters um, with the Atlantic Paranormal Society or TAPS. I'm obviously joking about that. It was probably <laughs> kicked off the whole ghost hunting phenomena, if you will. Um, you know, I didn't kinda, grow up. Kind of kicked off, kind of kicked off all of this stuff. Yeah, to, to a certain extent it did. Um, yeah. But uh, so, uh, you know, I got it. I started watching it the first couple of seasons and I was just curious. I'm like, you know, I was doing some news stories too. It was around Halloween because uh, I was a reporter for a long time. And uh, I'm like, you know, and I heard something from somebody about Taps having like a family, if you will, of paranormal groups that they have in their fold that they are quote, and I, I use this term extremely loosely. So hopefully you won't get a ton of email on this, but they're considered experts in their area. Um, and so I contacted one of the groups that was a TAPS family member. Uh, and it's still, we're still, we're, we're 
we were we kind of took of a took a a hiatus. I eventually took that group over. I joined it and and eventually took it over. Uh, and we and since probably about 2017, we haven't been as nearly as active as I had hoped. I went through a divorce and all this other stuff. So I, you know, we kind of everything kind of took a backseat to that and my kids. So uh, I ran what was and it's still active. You can find it on Facebook. It's uh, Para X, which it's Para. It stands for Paranormal Experience, so Para-X Research Foundation. And from probably the early 2000s through the mid to late teens, we were the number one TAPS family group in Ohio. So and I had, at one point, tw- uh, 12 to 14 investigators. And, and I'm, not sh- I'm not joking, Shane. We would have, uh, for it was like 2008 through 2013, when the show was still going on, I think it went away in 14 or 15. I can't remember, but things kind of dropped off after that. But I had two groups and we were doing investigations, at least these two groups once a month for almost two years, two, three years. So I'd have, you know, anywhere from three to seven people out every, you know, every month doing different places around the state of Ohio. Um, and you know, obviously once taps went or ghost hunters went off the air, things died down. And I was, we, we would get things from people who were, you know, who are fans of ghost, ghost hunters. And they'd say, Hey, I'm having an experience, email them. And then they would send it out to us. And those kind of dried up after, uh, ghost hunters went off the air. But during my tenure with, as you know, part of the team, as well as the technical leader of the group called an executive director i had probably a good six or seven different instances um where something weird happened um and you know i'll I'll start with probably the most memorable um but one was at dayton's memorial hall um and this was and a lot of these you got to remember these are 2000 late 2008 like 2008 9 10 through the early teens. So we were in at that, it was right before, I think it was before the Dayton Dragons came into existence. So. Well, the minor uh, league, the minor league baseball team. Yeah. The, yeah. The Dayton okay. Dragons baseball team, right, right around in there, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, uh, we were contacted to come in <clears throat> and do an investigation because they had had some paranormal activity. And <laughs> uh, one of the things I always did, and I don't know why I did it was, uh, recreate the scene from Ghostbusters where <laughs> Venkman goes into Dana Barrett, Barrett's house and does the piano thing. Uh, if you know what I'm talking about, why uh, not? I, well, I don't know why you're apologizing for that. Well, I, I mean, mean I, I, every, every time I did that, I'd go in and I was like, Oh, it drives them crazy. And it, and it hit the, hit the two or three keys and it, this drives them crazy. And that was during our initial run through the building. We would take a tour of the quote unquote hotspots. So I did that, just goofing around, uh, just to lighten the mood a little bit. And uh, a little bit later, we we went, as we would call it, lights out, which was shutting off all the lights. Um, and we started going, doing our investigation. So later in the evening, it was, it was probably midnight to one, I can't remember. Another guy and myself, who was also named Eric, were in that general vicinity of that room. It was like a ballet-type practice room. And we were, I think we were just outside that room 
And we heard like ding, 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 which was the piano keys going off. So it, it sounded like the same keys that I had messed with. They went, you know, ding, 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 ding. And then it just stopped. And then, <laughs> and then we heard Eric plain as day, both of us. We looked at each other and say, what? And we went looking. There was nobody in any of the bu- any any of the building where we were. Nobody. So I mean, that in itself was really weird. I, I mean, I hate, those two I things hate, to happen. I hate to laugh, but all I could imagine is a ghost looking at another ghost, going, "They hate this." <laughs> Doing that, and then calling your name out. <laughs> they hate this. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Holy moly. Uh, and you yeah. stayed in there? And you well, yeah. Yeah, I st- we, we stayed in the... Re- yeah, we stayed there for a while. We had to. We were doing more things. Um, and then we were getting closer towards wrapping it up. Um, and I don't know why, as paranormal investigators, we do this. It's, it's all across the board. Almost every paranormal group does this. We decide to do the paranormal investigations in the middle of the night. I mean, with the lights out and stuff like that. I mean, you can just as easily do them during the day. I mean, you, maybe you'll get more with cameras, but other than that, audio, which is 95% of the stuff we would catch, would be, you know, that could happen during the day. But the weird thing that happened to one of the guys who was like our, our technical advisor, um, he was walking across the main stage at at the Memorial Hall and all the lights, all the all the lights above were off. Okay, well, and just the basic outside—I I don't know what you call them—but basically the outside lights that light up the stage were on. And as he was walking across the stage, and I saw this happen right under center stage, and those lights come on as a as a system. Like when you turn one on, it turns a lot of them on at the same time. One of them, just one of them shined right on him and then it went out and we tried to replicate that we couldn't do it and it, it that was another weird experience so uh, wow okay that would yeah okay so would not freak you out or anything would it n- no i mean absolutely not so those are those are the biggest instances at memorial hall um we've done a bunch of different places around the state um, we, we did also, and I, it's become kind of a tourist attraction now. Uh, but I was one of the first group, we were one of the first groups in to go to, uh, the Licking County jail, which is in Newark, Ohio. Um, mm-hmm. I was good friends with the commissioners there at that time. And I think one of the commissioners is still there, but they had us come in and do an investigation. And I'll be honest with you, Shane, again, I've done, I don't know how many investigations over the course of my career if you will i'd never had anything really interact with me like pushing me or anything like that except for two times and one was at the licking county jail um we were we there was only two of us who could make it that night uh and it was my co-director at the time and she was in like she was on the same level but in a different jail cell and i was in a jail jail cell by myself like facing out with nothing behind me and something pushed me. Um, like I, I felt it. it. Like like there was a light push against the left shoulder, and that was it. Um, I mean, so 
What now, was were you, it? I don't know. Were you, were you trying to, were you like, um, trying to verbally like interact with something at that time? No. Or, or well, just, and, and we were, I was just standing there. Um, you know, we had gone through with EMF detectors and, and a lot of, a lot of times we would not what's called do what's called provoking, uh, calling, you know, Hey, you know, I don't believe there's anything here kind of thing. That's, you know, just trying to get that. They're not like a light switch where you can turn it on and they'll just say, poof, here I am. It's not like that. So, but I mean, but sometimes if you do say something, it could tick them off where they could you know, possibly show themselves, but we weren't doing that. We were just there. And we, and throughout a couple different places, we also had phantom smells where you, like you've probably heard other people talk about, they smell lilac or yeah. some kind of perfume thing. And I think my associate director smelled like a lilac perfume and we were the only ones there at that time. She smelled it. And I was in another room on that level, and I smelled cigarette smoke. Now, I we're, we're also big into debunking things. I kind of chalked that up because at that time, if I'm not mistaken, they had a lot of the old records in the jail. And, you know, these records from, are from, you know, the 20th century, you know, from the 30s, 40s, 50s on up. And what did people typically do when they were working during that time? They'd be smoking. smoking. Yeah. So yeah. I kind of chalked it up to it was possibly I was getting some remnants of that. Um, so I didn't really put too much into it. But the lilac or whatever the perfume was that my associate director smelled, we kind of kind of took that into consideration. Um, those are really the only big instances at the Licking County Jail that happened. Um, we had an instance where we were doing, uh, 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 I, I can't remember the exact name of it, but I, I don't want to say the name of the museum, but it was a museum up in Northwestern Ohio. And it, it has been known to have some paranormal normal activity. And we had instances of something running on us. And what I be, mean by that is, again, one of the things we use is called an EMF detector. And, you know, we would be asking questions and, you know, the EMF detector, which monitors electromagnetic fields and, and whatnot, that's typically how you can get something to interact with you. If you ask a questions, it generates enough electromagnetic magnetic field where it makes a sound. Okay. For those of you who don't know what that means. But anyway, we would be asking questions and it answer. And then all of a sudden it stopped. And we were on, I, on the second floor, I think we were, in one of the rooms. And then all of a sudden, you know, within five minutes, we heard something in the attic, like kind of bump around. So we went up in the attic with our EMF detectors and started asking questions. And it responded back that it was the same entity that we were talking to down on the second floor. Now, who that was, I don't know. I mean, but... That's that's what we call running, is they would be in one area, something they ask a question they don't necessarily like, and they take off. And you know, you try and go find them, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better term. So I mean, I've had several instances of that happening in different places around the state. Uh, but that's probably the, the biggest place I could remember that it happened. Um I, I've never I've never heard that of of <clears throat> coming into contact with the spirit in one place and then 
coming into contact with it again somewhere else, having it identify, you know, identify right. itself. Like that. Yeah, that's, and, that's and, kind of crazy. Yeah, and and there's and there were different terms for the kind of apparitions, ghosts, whatever you want to call them. Uh, there was the residual ones, which they're on like a schedule where they do the same thing over and over. It's like a, it's like, it's clockwork. That's kind of, and then there's what's called intelligence, um, which would be that kind of a classification as well as the ones that said my name at Memorial Hall, where they're cognizant of what's going on and essentially do something about it. So, um, so I mean, have those theories changed since I am no longer really active? It could have been, but you know, I, I, I really don't watch, you know, ghost hunters or anything like that anymore. But um, at that time, that was the, the best consensus we would come to is that they were intelligent and taking off. So, um, so we did that. Um, we also did. I, I don't know if you you remember. Uh, I think you're about my age. You ever hear of the Emmett House down in Waverly? At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Mm, I feel like I should. Is well, the- it was it was a big it was a big it was a big hotel and restaurant. I I think the biggest claim to fame was it was like Brent Musburger's favorite place to come eat when he would do Ohio State games um, <laughs> down in Waverly. <laughs> that's the that's the best place he could find. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I it, it, it had good food, but I don't know, you know. But uh, that's that was one of the bigger things it was known for. It was one of the nicer places to eat in the city of Waverly, which is about an hour south of Columbus. Well, it burned down in 2014. Well, we were there in in fall of 2013, if I'm not mistaken. And there was a show on at that time called The Haunted Collector. And I don't know if you remember that show at all or not, but basically the- Uh, Yeah, I sort of do. The premise was, and and this this is very typical too, where where an entity will attach themselves to something. 
okay, that they were, you know, like, you know, if it was, if it was a, a carpenter and he loved a specific hammer and he passed away, he, he, because he used it his entire life, he would be quote unquote bound to this object. Um, I mean, that's, that's one of the theories that people would use all the time too. Um, but that's what the guys would do. They'd find some artifact wherever they went and then put it under a, like a glass dome, like at the end of the show and say, this will never be out in the public's eyes again or something like that. Cause a lot of times they were saying it was like negative energy and stuff like that. Well, we went down there and I, I don't think, I, I don't think anything really big happened that night. All I remember it, and it was all, oh, by the way, this was also a place that was a stop on the underground railroad. So that mm. could have been why there was a lot of activity there too. Yeah. But, um, but we didn't experience anything. But the reason I brought up the paranormal, that paranormal show is they had one room sectioned off and they wouldn't let us in that room because they were going to be filming in that room within a, like two, within the month. So they wouldn't let us go into that specific room. And lo and behold, guess where they found the whatever item it was that they used on the show in that room. Yeah. so that's why i'm like we we all watched it because we heard about it we just said this is a bunch of bunk i mean it is purely entertainment value because we didn't have anything happen like some of the stuff they said was happening i'm like when i mean where could this have happened and they they were quoting places if i'm not mistaken that they didn't even report paranormal stuff going on i mean to us when we were there so Anytime you see that stuff on TV, you got to use a grain of you take it with a grain of salt. I mean, because, like I said, it's entertainment value. So, um, but I, I can't remember exactly what it was. But that show wasn't on very much longer. But um, yeah, so I mean, some of those that, that's one of the shows I couldn't really watch anyway because it just a lot of the stuff was really outlandish. Well, it's kind of a difficult. That's a kind of a difficult premise to keep going yeah you know that you're gonna keep fighting this stuff i mean i've lived a long time and been a lot of places i don't think i've ever run into any particular item that's been haunted yeah well (laughs) yeah and one of the things that you know talking about that real quickly one of the plate like as a bucket list investigation list if i had one would be the air force museum in dayton um because it's reportedly haunted as all get out um, they can't keep night, at least they couldn't at one time, keep night guards. Uh, there was an instance of a lady who was walking by an airplane called the Strawberry Bitch, which, which was a World War II bomber plane. Oh, gosh, not the lady, the plane. The plane. Okay. okay. The plane right. was called Strawberry right. Bitch, yes. <laughs> and I'm just using it as the name. That's what they called it. But anyway, a, from this woman, she was in front of the plane and the machine gun started going click, 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 click. So, yeah. So I've always wanted to go through with just a, just a, like a recorder and walk through and ask questions. I never have got the chance to do it, but yeah, a lot of stuff happens over there because the same thing, a lot of those parts that they take, uh, they would take bastardized parts from these planes that crashed or whatever and put them in the, in the, in the, floor models on on the floor oh to rebuild to, to rebuild, rebuild something stuff. okay so yeah. it could it could have been a machine gun from another airplane for all we know and 
maybe the gunner was still attached to it. I don't know. But I got I gotta be honest, that that trumps some ghost playing a piano and calling out your name. <laughs> well, I didn't see it. I mean I it's, saying, that, that's though, just a report. I think it's in one of the haunted Ohio books, if I'm not mistaken. Oh but, that would be that would be pretty freaky to, to be like, like this ghost is trying to kill me. Right uh, yeah, trying to shoot me, got me in the sight. Yeah, I would be like uh, that scene out of Forrest Gump where he, you know, he's being chased, and all of a sudden he breaks those thing, you know, breaks his leg irons off, and he runs down the road, and all you see is yeah. a trail of dust. I'm a big fat guy. It would be exactly like that. I'd be gone. <laughs> Something like that happened. Uh, so yeah, that would be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like down at uh, Wright Patterson. There's a lot of crazy uh, stuff. Yeah, there, there's a lot of freaky stuff, you know, if you listen to those people who have instances of of knowing things going on at Wright Pat, you know, I've had some people who allegedly had high level clearance and said, yeah, there's some, some stuff that I can't tell you about, but yeah, there's some stuff going on there. But um, then, you know, and I, I don't know how long you want me to go, but um, oh, you got but, time. Okay, I just I just don't want to go too long because like like we talked about before we started, uh, I'm like a lawnmower full of gas. You pull the cord, I'll go forever. Um, <laughs> but uh, another one we did, we did a dentist office in uh, Dayton, um, and our rule was, and this is a rule that I kind of put into place uh, when I took over. the The rule was a if it was a business, you had to have the owner of the property's permission to be there. That was the first thing. And secondly, one of the people who made the claim that something was going on had to be there that night while we were there. Mainly that was for uh, just purposes to, you know, cover our rear ends, because if something ended up going missing while we were there or going up, you know, claiming that it was gone after we left, we could say, nope, they were there. Nothing. They were there with us wherever we were. So they can't say, well, we tried to steal something or something along that lines. But we went to this dentist office, and I was told that we had permission to be there from the people in the dentist office. Well, turns out the the dentist office was part of a complex, and they didn't they had they had the, the dentist's permission to be there, but we didn't have the building owner's permission to be there. But so we we shut down after that. The owners found out about it and and called us out on it. But what I'm getting to is in this dentist office, uh, there were a couple of businesses and there was one business that they could never keep one of the offices. They could never keep anything in that was always empty. And there was at that time, there was a big, if I'm not mistaken, a copier that was right around in that area. And the dentist office would go up there and use that copier a lot. Well, there was a lady who said she was sensitive. Uh, and what that means is they, can you know possibly see some kind of apparitions or you know that kind of thing we never really used those people um per se but since she was there we opted to use her and she said that she felt really weird in that particular area and especially going down the hallway towards that office and every time she said she'd go up there she'd feel like she was like something wanted to kill her so i went up there and being the stupid guy i am that's where I I got permission to provoke, and I provoked. Now, nothing happened to me per se, but she was with me, and she said, I can feel the rage in this thing, and it wants to strangle you. 
like it wants to kill you dead. So I don't know what it was, if it was anything at all. Um, I'm sure there are people out there who are, you know, who have some psychic ability, if you want, or are sensitive. I, but a lot of times when people say they are, they're really not. Um, you know, there's been a whole industry built around that. You know, look at Miss Cleo, for example, you know, back in the when we were kids and, and, and you know, she'd come online and talk about the psychic hotline. So that there was another instance of another TV show called Most Haunted, which was a British show. And actually that, along with Ghost Hunters, kind of spearheaded the whole movement. They, they used a psychic all the time and his name was Derek Acora. And how they busted him was the producer fed him a bunch of baloney and they went to this location and he was regurgitating the baloney back to the producer. So, and this guy had been on for like five seasons and that's how they finally realized this guy was a, was a sham. So that's why we never really used those type of people who are sensitive because you don't know if they're giving you the truth or not. So, yeah. I mean, so, but like I said, this, this entity allegedly wanted to, to throttle me, I guess. So, I mean, another, I, another, another happy, uh, customer. Dentist, yes. Customer from the dentist. Office. <laughs> I mean, I can imagine there'd be a lot of ghosts that would be very angry having to hang around a dentist office. Yeah. Well, it, smokes. well, and you know, was it associated with a dentist office? Who knows? You know, if, if you've listened to enough people and, you know, you have enough people report, hey, they have some kind of paranormal experience, nine times out of 10, the person will say, oh, we live over an Indian burial ground, or we live close to a graveyard, or live close to an Indian burial ground, or something like that. And I'm like, we're in Ohio, just about everywhere is an Indian burial ground of some sort, it feels like. So, I mean, so yes, in theory, that can be, but I live right across the street from a funeral home in Zanesville. And I've never had, an, you know, I've lived here for about five years. I've never had a, any kind of net weird experience. So, I mean. Move across the street, maybe. And, you know. Well, you never know. <laughs> Actually, we live close, right down the block is another funeral home. So. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so. The high rent district. Yeah, evidently. Yeah. Well, so. You, it, when you, when you talked about the smoke smelling the smoke and now funeral homes it reminds me of a reminds me of a ghost well, i shouldn't say ghost but it's like an experience i had once um my dad passed away wow 96 97 97 it's been a long time mm -hmm. and growing up my dad smoked but he never he never did it around us if that makes okay. sense. Yes. Yeah, he wouldn't because I was allergic to it and stuff. So, mm -hmm. but you could smell, I mean, I wasn't an idiot. I might be now, but I wasn't back then. And I could smell, you know, I could smell like sure it, that he smoked. I don't know what brand it was. I don't, I don't know any of that stuff. So my dad ends up, he's 49, dies of a heart attack. Um, the next, you know, the next week, obviously we were having, we had calling hours and, you know, then we had the funeral the next day. And so as we're standing there, all of us, you know, it was my aunt, my aunt and my uncle, my grandparents, you know, my, my wife at the time and stuff. We're all standing there around the casket. And I'm in the back because I was the tallest, you know, so I just stood in the back so I could see her. And 
as the preacher, you know, we're kind of like everybody else is out getting ready mm-hmm. to get in the cars to go to the cemetery. And I, and I'm like, I start smelling smoke and I smell it. And I, and I look over at my, my then wife and I'm like, you know, do you smell that? And she kind of looks and she smells, she goes smoke. And I go, yeah. And so I'm like, whoa, that's kind of, that's kind of crazy. You know, like I'm thinking, well, I'm going to go check outside because it's right by a window. Like, where people, mm-hmm. you know, I go outside, there's no cigarette ashes. There's no cigarette butts. I don't smell any smoke out there. Then I start thinking, well, maybe it was in his clothes. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then I started thinking, I was by his casket for six hours during calling hours and yeah. never smelled smoke. And so I, when I told my uncle and my grandparents that, you know, cause I'm like, I'm going to tell them. And they're just like, wow, maybe it was his way of saying, yeah, I, okay. Everything's okay. I'm taking off. You know? Yeah. I, I, I was just flabbergasted. Like, well, and I had, my dad passed away earlier this year and he, he smoked like a chimney his entire life. And, you know, I, I've been out of the house, you know, for over 25 years, uh, but he still smoked and, you know, I, I know he did. And I, I'll tell you what, Shane, every once in a while I catch a, a whiff of smoke. Now my mom lives with me now too, but it's on like, I'll just smell it out, out of nowhere. And I'm like, what is that? Cause I don't smoke. I mean, so, and, and neither yeah. does my girlfriend. I'm like, that is just weird. You know, like you're wondering, like, is, is, it's, it's, it's either one of two things, probably either he's stopping by to check everything out. Could be. Or maybe it's something that your mom has that is remnants of that, but you would think that stuff would, you know, yeah. close well, or whatever. Well, and you make, and you make a good point. And again, I, I've talked about sensitivity and stuff like that, but um, my girlfriend's grandfather or grandmother, excuse me, passed away in early May. Um, and she was a well-known poet or not a well-known, but she was a published poet and she did some other things that only people, her family would know. So her sister went to uh, a psychic, like a psychic show, I guess, like a, you know, some fair or something like that. I don't know where it was at. Doesn't matter. But she went there. And one of the things that Jennifer felt that she was connecting with to get over the go through the grieving process was journaling and you know writing about her experiences with her grandmother and stuff like that well her sister went to this psychic show psychic thing and she the psychic connected with what i guess would could be her grandmother and she was repeating stuff back to her sister that only her family would know, including the fact that she is happy that she's writing down her, Jennifer is writing down her thoughts. Okay. Isn't that crazy? So That's weird. It is. And I don't know what. I mean, how can stuff that now, again, you know, you've seen, you've probably seen the things where people can disprove psychics, but on this case, I'm like, whoa. I mean, like I said, I know there are some people out there who, when they when they do a do a you know an interaction with the public, and I can't remember his name, but he was a really well known psychic. He was a younger guy. Uh, he was on TV. I don't think he's on anymore, but he would 
he would be in this big room with all these people and he'd do readings for lack of a better term. And he, he picks, he, he gets like somebody talking to him in a different, in an area. And he'd start asking questions in that area. And people would say, yes, that I had a relative by that last name or something like that. And he'd say, okay. And they'd start talking. He, he, he'd quiet them and say, no, hold on a second. And he would repeat that stuff back to them that only they would know. So he didn't know it. So he could prove his legitimacy, if you will, that he was actually interacting with the paranormal. So, I mean, the, I, there are some people who are like that sixth sense, I guess, but it's, it's weird how some people can do that. I mean, so, but yeah, yeah it, would it would free like uh, one of the, um, Sonia, the psychic that we had on from Cleveland, I mean, she, her stuff was just amazing. Yeah. To the point where she, she, I, and I will never forget this. Okay. <laughs> I think we're going to turn this into a t shirt, but she goes, one of you's naked or, or not wearing, not wearing some clothes. And I'm like, I go, well, I'm fully clothed. I go, Jason, and he just goes, yeah, I'm not wearing a shirt. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, whoa. What are you talking <laughs> Like, Like, and it wasn't like July or anything when we were talking to her. And, you know, we don't, you know, we don't have any video. And I'm like. Oh, my. I, well, and I'm like, first of, first of all, dude, why are you recording shirtless? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. And, I, and, and he to this day that just blew his mind that she's like, yeah. Jason, are you not wearing a shirt? Or what are you yeah, I'm not wearing a shirt. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Like, what a random thing to guess. To think yeah. that we would be sitting there. That like, is completely off the never, wall. I didn't even, I know Jason very well. And I wouldn't suspect him to be on the other line, not wearing a shirt, talking to me. I just <laughs> didn't, I just, I, needless to say, not being professional. It's just kind of weird. But, yeah. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of legitimacy to some people having a gift. Yes. Know, and, and however they receive. Uh, receive you just have that. to be very careful. Be very careful. Let them do the talking, I guess, is the la is that. But uh, I got one more story for you. Then I'll I think I've yapped long enough, if right, you will. What do you, what do you um, got? What do you got? Uh, last one was and it was probably the, the we were we were very hesitant on calling anything haunted. Um, because you know, the connotation is there. I mean, when you say you live in a haunted house, I mean, but the, from the stuff that we were told before we went in kind of had our, had our anxiety a little high. Um, it was a mansion in marble cliff, which is a very, very fancy part of Columbus. Um, it's not very big, uh, but it was a million dollar home. And so we went there and the nanny had told us, and the only, the biggest reason we did it is because anytime you had something going on with children where they were feeling terrorized, or we always made that a priority to go there to try and figure out what was going on, if anything. And one of the things she, she had told us before we went in is, is a, it was like a carriage house where they were at and a young family lived there and two of the girls died uh in in and around the home i don't know exactly what 
the instances of where that happened. But the the report we got from the nanny was that the boy, and he was an only child, he lived, he had like a mounted fish that he had caught like in Florida on vacation with his dad or something. And one day they were sitting down in the living room or something like this. It was, nobody was around, but they heard like a bunch of a racket going on coming from the boy's room. And they went up there and off the wall and down the hall was this mounted fish. And I don't know how big it was. I don't think it was like gigantic, like a marlin or anything, but it was a decent size, like a, like a dolphin, you know, the, the fish dolphin, the, the, the one you can mm-hmm. eat, but, or a mahi mahi. It, it was something along that line about that size. So it was a decent sized plaque that came off the wall and came down the hall. And the boy was with them when this all happened. So, I mean, so it wasn't somebody playing a joke on him. Something, something happened. Um, and another thing that had happened was the mother said that she was in uh, her room by herself. And I don't know if it was an orb or an apparition. I don't, I, I can't remember exactly for sure, but she was laying in bed and she saw something come out of the ceiling down and then out of the room. I mean, like a, like a black mist or something along that line. She saw it come down and then go out of the room. So, you know, obviously, so we knew this going in. So the first, one of the first things we did was we, you know, we did an EMF sweep and all this other stuff to see if there's any outlets that could have been making her think that something like this was happening for lack of a better term. But we were using those EMF detectors and mine was really sensitive. I mean, the littlest thing could set it off and we were using another one that wasn't as sensitive. And we sat it in the middle of the room not near any outlets, but we started asking questions. And then after about a minute or two, it started going off, both of them at the same time. Um, And they were interacting uh, with us for about five minutes. Like, are you the little girl, one of the little girls that lived here? It'd go off, Um, you know, did you die violently? Which I think they did, but I can't remember exactly how. Like, they weren't murdered or anything. They like fell out of the horse carriage or something like that. Something along those lines. I can't remember for sure. But, you know, and we'd ask them these questions. And it would interact with us for a while. And then it eventually just stopped. So we we kept trying to get it to ask questions, and we couldn't get it any more out of it. So we left the recorder. We left the EMF detectors in the room along with a, a recorder. And we also had another recorder in the foyer, which was a spiral staircase. So about that time, we went down into the kitchen, which was off the foyer, and we were talking, no children in the house, um, but we were talking and you know talking about some of the weird stuff that was going on in the house. And when I went back to review the evidence, both of those recorders were mine, so I listened to them. The one upstairs where the EMF detectors were going off went off for about both of them consistently went off for approximately 60 to 90 seconds, like one constant tone. And again, it was not any, any electrical outlet. It was, they were both going off making the, the beeping noise. So something was 
evidently there. So, but we obviously we didn't have a camera in that room because our at that time our cameras were really goofy. So, I mean, but we had no nothing other than the audio to back it up to say yes, there was something going on in this room. What it was, but I didn't hear anybody come in. I didn't hear anybody go out of the room. So, and typically you can hear it because it echoed all the way through the foyer. So, but that was the one instance with that. But the other one, the other one that was in the foyer and was on the stairs. And this is no joke. I can remember it like it was yesterday. I went back and I listened to it and I heard a little girl's voice go, mommy, 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 went off three times. I about peed myself. I mean, that that is so creepy. And unfortunately, I went back and I tried tried to get my old computer up and running and it wouldn't go. I think it was where it was at, but I tried just trying to find it. And uh, I couldn't get it to work, but I'm like, so I could have some proof that I, you know, I heard this stuff, but I mean, it freaked me out. And when I went to reveal it to the family, it freaked them out. So I, I don't think they lived in the house very much longer after that because of all that stuff that went on. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, that was the weirdest thing, you know, so and I, and we were just uh, what's funny is we were just down in Columbus in the na- in in uh, Grandview Heights, which is real we close to Marble Cliff, yeah. Real close, you know, as we were driving around to where we we're going, we we're looking at all those big old houses. I'm like, uh-huh. I'd be like one of these neighborhoods I'd like to live in. And then I hear yeah. a story like that, and I'm like, I'm not sure I can live in one of those old well, houses. <laughs> well, and I our house our house is is a historic house. Um, I think I can't remember the owner of the electric company in Zanesville lived here, I guess, in the early 20th century. So it's an old house. Um, and we don't, and it, they had some renovations going on in our kitchen, you know, about five years ago. And, and I'm as sensitive as a stick. And I mean, I've never had any weird feelings or anything and neither of the kids, my, my kids don't want to go in the basement, but that's, t- I think that's typical for any kid. They don't really want to go in the basement one of them lives down there, but yeah. So, but I'm like, you know, they just don't want you down there. Right. Well, saying, that could be saying, well, it's haunted down here. You don't yeah. Know. He's never said anything like that. It's a finished basement, but I mean, but yeah, I mean, I think it really just depends. I mean, what instances lead to this? I don't know. It'd be interesting to try and figure that, but I think, you know, sometimes if you do have a traumatic event that happens, you're more likely to have, you know, a quote unquote haunted experience or haunted place. But again, it's, it's subjective. What is traumatic? Mm -hmm. Is somebody being murdered traumatic? Yes. Is somebody having a stroke like my dad did, you know, and is it traumatic enough for him to, to, you know, I don't know. I mean, I smell smoke every once in a while. So I'm like, I don't smoke. So who knows? So that's interesting. I, I, uh, I, I, look, I appreciate you coming on and sharing those stories, especially the mommy. I mean, you saved the best one for last. Yeah. <laughs> because because that, that that got my attention real quick. Well, I should have started with that then. No, that was a great <laughs> one to end up with. I think everybody's like, uh, everybody that's out there was driving, like really listening. And you said that, much. like, I think I'm not going to claim responsibility for an accident. <laughs> uh, maybe at least one person spilled some coffee. Maybe. Maybe. 
<laughs> well, hopefully they don't sue you for it either. <laughs> well, they, they can sue me all they want. They're not, there's nothing to get. Um, but Eric, hey, thank you so. Hey, I'm glad you reached out and 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 we got, you know, we got a we got an episode out of this. I'm glad. I mean, some interesting stuff. I, I love to hear the uh, like the anecdotal Bigfoot stuff because I have said it before. I think that that stuff really helps fill in the picture of what is going what you know that there's stuff going on out there right it just isn't like you come face to face with something that there is stuff that's happening that uh people should pay attention to and you you never know what you might what else you might find for sure um so yeah so if anything else happens out there if a scout um, you know gets kidnapped or i don't want to say yeah let's not go down that road (laughs) but you know so if anything else happens out there i'd love to hear about it so Right. And thanks for uh, thanks for sharing some ghost stories. Uh, we always love ghost stories, especially ones from Ohio. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, well, thank you so much, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out <laughs> God only knows what's hiding in our shadows Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotion promotional offer not available in washington dc at parker our purpose is simple We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.